Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Josh. And today we are doing a character spotlight on Veronica Cecilia Lodge. Woo! <laughs> That's right, we're down in Pop's archives, digging around to see what's the dirt on Veronica. Yeah. Uh, turns out, uh, as we've said before, Pop's archives, pretty extensive. He's yeah. got records on everyone. Files upon files. <laughs> I'm surprised the floors haven't caved in from all the filing cabinets. I feel like we're reporters, you know. Oh, like Archie and Weird Mysteries? Yeah. Every time I pick up a file, I blow dust off of it. <laughs> That's what reporters do. <laughs> That's all they do, right? Now digitally, it just blows uh, There's digital dust. <laughs> but yeah, last week we talked about Betty, all about Betty and her history and uh, information about her and her personality. And we also gave some recommendations for stuff to read. And we'll be doing the same today for Veronica. Yeah, we're working our way to to the 30th anniversary of Love Showdown. Mm-hmm. Which ones aren't you going to pick? Who knows? I mean, I do know, but who knows? <laughs> Spoilers for uh, however, however old that 30, was. It's the 30th anniversary, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that, it could have been a misnomer. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a title, 30th anniversary. Before we get too deep into our episode, we do want to make sure we shout out our resources, the various Archie wikis, Bart Beatty's fabulous Twelfths and Archie, and of course, the amazing Archie Encyclopedia. Which we talk about all the time, and if you don't own it by now, then... Uh, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing in your life, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're just sitting there not knowing stuff. <laughs> so Veronica Celia Lodge was introduced in a few issues after the original Pep Comics where Archie and Betty appeared. She first appeared in Pep Comics number 26... April 1942. She was created by Bob Montana and John L. Goldwater. And, you know, she's had a lot of nicknames over that time. Veronica, Ronnie, Ron. And do you know a little bit of the history of, like, you know, who she's the lodges are based off of? Yeah, well, they're, they're inspired by a real-life New England sort of dynasty family, right? Yeah, like a, a yeah, political dynasty. So it's it's really interesting that the you know as most art is it's just like reflective of the life around them, and her first name Veronica is uh, inspired by an actress Veronica Lake. Ooh! So they were just pulling in people. They were like, "We're fans of these people." Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, the the Lodge family is engaged in uh, let's just say uh, all kinds of industries, depending on who's writing the story. <laughs> Yeah, Hiram's had so many different... He's just a businessman. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this uh, while researching. I was like, basically, Lodge Industries is the acme of uh, Archie Comics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. he You know, whatever he wants to own, he'll own it, and he'll he'll know how to run it, too. Yes, yeah. And, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, not to bury the lead, Veronica is obviously very famous for her family wealth and coming from money. Yeah, it's a big part of her characteristics is, is literally just her having money and like mm-hmm. what that does to you or what they perceive that does to you. Because in the earlier days, she's definitely the stereotype of 
a spoiled rich kid. Yeah. But, you know, as as we've gone on, uh, she's become more of a nuanced character. But that's a big thing, especially between her and her relationship with Betty, is that whatever Betty has, Veronica wants. Yes. It could be something that she could buy, but it's like if Betty has it, she's like, I want that one. <laughs> right, right. And that's kind of part of the, you know, the Archie thing, right? Betty is so interested in Archie. Mm-hmm. Veronica's like, mm-hmm. me too. Yep. But of course, you know, this depends on which story you're reading. Of course, Veronica has her own interest uh, in Archie. Yeah, definitely. And and she's, you know, usually portrayed, especially whenever there's a, you know, sort of a reboot, whether it's the, the Mark Wade run or, or in other media like Riverdale, she's usually the character who comes to town and uh, a lot of change comes from the fact that her and her family are, depending on who's running it, either coming to Riverdale for the first time or returning to Riverdale. And uh, usually her her going to public high school, <laughs> Riverdale High School, is usually explained in some way because you wouldn't think that a you know, very, very wealthy family would uh, send their kid to public high school. But she attends Riverdale just with uh, all the other Archie characters. She's on the cheer squad uh, with Betty. I think in the early days, uh, Hiram says, you know, and it depends on the story, uh, he wanted Veronica to move there so that she wouldn't become a spoiled rich mm-hmm. kid. <laughs> uh, and it's very interesting. Uh, they talk about in the Archie Encyclopedia that in Little Archie, she's around. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, they're like, well, that's a little It's like, a, um, again, the multiverses are up here. And... <laughs> well, speaking of multiverses, just like Betty, she's had alt versions of herself throughout various comics and other media. We mentioned Riverdale, um, where she's played by Camilla Mendez. And um, she's also been various characters in the comics, uh, such as in the whole superheroes stories. She is Power Teen. I was also noticing, and you know, I want someone to tell me more, that apparently she's played a, also another superhero, Miss Vanity. That was oh. like before she was Power Teen, Power Teen I think. Because I think Power Teen's like a later edition. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of hard for me to track down stuff, but... Um, there's just various mentions to this character, Miss Vanity. <laughs> so, if yeah, if you know about Miss Vanity, let us know. What a subtle name, though. What if you're like, you're going to be called Miss Vanity? <laughs> it's like, really? Especially if they're trying to hide her identity. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, other versions, uh, she's often a spy named Agent V, which, you know, Betty was Agent B. So, I think if you're like yelling in a high tense situation, you wouldn't always hear which one they're saying, you know? Also, not good for maintaining a secret. No, identity. no, not at all. <laughs> um, she she was in a long running solo series, which, um, as far as we can find, started in the eighties and mm-hmm. ran for over two hundred issues, and famously had the introduction of Kevin Keller. Yeah, and we also covered uh, Explorers of the Unknown on this podcast, and I love her code name in that, where it's Angel Love, Martial Arts Expert. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. I like that because it's a little unexpected for Veronica, and that's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, she of course was a co-star of Betty and Veronica, which you know ran for a really long time, and we're getting reprints of those stories all the time. I feel like that's probably like one of the most famous uh, comics that she mm-hmm. appears. In. Of course, she appears in Archie, but outside of that, like Betty and Veronica are a staple comic. Yeah. Well, we 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 haven't even mentioned we're, we're talking about alt versions here. We haven't even mentioned probably our favorite alt version of Veronica, which is Vampiron. Vampironica. <laughs> I love Vampironica so much. She's great, and I love Vampironica when she shows up in Bite Size Archie. <laughs> yeah, probably some of my favorite depictions of her. So good, especially the one with uh, the uh, 
you know, the Count Chocula <laughs> sort of character. I love it. She is also, of course, in the Archies, where she serves as backup vocals and keyboards. She does uh, play bass, I think, in Rock Candy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she plays another pivotal role in the Archies, is that her dad is often footing the bill. Yes. <laughs> we recently read that story where her dad's tired of their original Christmas music or yep. whatever, and he rents them out of practice space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a very important role, especially if you're in a, uh, someone who's in a high school band. You're like, who's paying for all this, right, all right. this stuff? And who has a garage? Exactly. Yeah. Who has a garage where they might <laughs> as blast the music? I remember sometimes my high school band, this old neighbor's cross street would call the police for us being too loud. And the police <laughs> would just come and be like, how long are you going to play for? We're like 30 more minutes. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, th- like we were not, we were just trying to play music. You know, what yeah. are the police going to do? Yeah. Discourage children. I know. You, you could have been doing drugs. <laughs> and that's It's always better to be doing music instead of drugs. <laughs> Those things are never related ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never, usually it's it's always one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to mention an episode of Archie's Weird Mysteries where there's an episode called Attack of the 50-Foot Veronica, <laughs> which is an ode to the 1958 movie Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, mm-hmm. which I would love to watch this episode sometimes. Yeah. Because Archie, in the world of Archie, Veronica and Betty often, like we said at the beginning of this episode, they, they're odes to what's going on in the world around the creators. Yeah. There's also a very short miniseries that I wanted to shout out was Veronica's Passport, which was a really cool series where she would travel around the world and went on adventures, solve mysteries. And in our research, me and Brandon saw that the beginning of her Veronica series often had a title that'd be like Veronica in Spain, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, each issue was an- another adventure. I think it was for the first 18 issues of her series, it was it was just uh, each one was a one shot about her being in a new location. Traveling around the world. Yeah. And we should say that the travel, you know, obviously it comes with, with wealth often. But travel is a big part of her character. Um, the vacations that she goes on, the places that she's been. Um, she is, Traveling the world is a big part of her interests, for sure. She very famously is sent to boarding school in Mark Wade's Archie Run, where she runs into who, Brandon? Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, Cheryl Blossom's family has a little bit of money. Yep. So it's kind of interesting bringing uh, her dynamic into into the mix with Veronica. Yeah, uh, I I was just thinking of, of Riverdale too. Riverdale does a great job of kind of portraying them as rival industrialist families. Uh, and Riverdale, of course, the blossoms being uh, maple syrup uh, magnets. <laughs> we need those, you know. Yeah, we need those. Where we got to have maple syrup. Oh, yeah. That's what this country is founded on. <laughs> That's going to be currency in the apocalypse. <laughs> hey, I'll take some syrup in the, apocaly- in the apocalypse just to make anything taste better. <laughs> right. It's got to be grade A amber, though. <laughs> Not the, uh, you know, butter-flavored, uh, you know. None of the watered-down no. stuff. Mm-mm. No thanks. Store brand, yuck. Yeah. Cracker Barrel syrup, though. You know. That's, I'll take it. <laughs> they get that straight from the tree out back. <laughs> they do. So something that plays a very important part in the world of Riverdale is Veronica's family. And last time we were talking about how Betty's family's not in focus as much as Veronica's, mm-hmm. but Hiram Lodge is a big part. Uh, his relationships with Archie, how much he <laughs> hates him and even Veronica's friends and also her relationship with Hiram Lodge. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's depicted in, in various ways depending on who's writing it and, you know, versus, you know, the different media. But usually, uh, you know, her relationship with her dad is very loving and he's very protective of her. And uh, and like you just said, it, uh, most of the time that comes across with the fact that he does not approve of Archie. And he is not happy that she's always maxing out his credit cards. No, of course not. But she, <laughs> but, uh, she still has access to them, so, you know. In the Archie Encyclopedia, it says she's allergic to plastic, <laughs> and that's why she has to use them all the time, which is just a little funny anecdote. It's really interesting that Veronica's mother, Hermione Lodge, is not appear as much no. as Hiram does. She does appear, but she really doesn't play a big role in the history of Veronica. No, not so much. And, you know, even when... You know, you mentioned earlier that in a lot of stories, um, you know, not only does it play with the dynamic of Hiram versus Archie, but in a lot of stories, Veronica is tapping into the family wealth to pay for this, that, or the other thing, or to to build something or to buy something for the gang. And even then, the wealth is always represented by her dad. You know, uh, Hermione Lodge, her mom, doesn't really factor in too much, which you know, I'd love to see more of her. Obviously, Riverdale, the show, you know, she's a big part of that. But in the comics, I'd love to see more Hermione. I do love that in Vampironica, her dad and mom are both, they're both vampires. Yeah. And that's kind of where Veronica, yeah, they've been turned. Yep. And in the beginning of Afterlife with Archie, uh, all the kids bunker down at the Lodge Mansion because it is secure and huge <laughs> and some teens make the mistake of they know they're turning and they don't leave the group always always you brought the zombies in <laughs> if you were bitten would you tell me yes i don't, I don't like the pause <laughs> <laughs> if i was if i was sure i was bitten uh, well what if you were just a little bit sure that you're bitten like, i'll tell you a little bit oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> Someone else who plays a big role in her family life is the trusty butler, Hubert yes. Smithers. He's, I like that he's often used to eject Archie <laughs> and Jughead. Like you just see him like throwing them yep. out. But in moments kind of like Afterlife with Archie, she, he does sometimes play like a father figure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he kind of, he, you know, that's a great example of a character that just plays whatever the role the story needs him to play. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes he's more of an Alfred. Sometimes he's more mm-hmm. of a just Alfred, uh, Batman's famous butler. Right. <laughs> that one. You ever heard of him? I was thinking of Alfred the... I don't know. I can't think of any other Alfred. <laughs> you don't know any other Alfreds. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, sometimes he's just there for the gag. Or yeah, just, yeah. Just to be another uh, sounding board for Hiram to bounce right. off of. Right, to right. To not like Archie in the game. There's also a, a family cook... That I was reading about in the encyclopedia, Gaston. <laughs> he was like a French cook. Does no one cook like Gaston? Um, no one. No oh. one does. But apparently Jughead is known for just thinking his food is like, he'll eat it, but it's not his favorite. <laughs> and he's like this trained French chef. <laughs> Veronica also has some famous cousins, Leroy Lodge, who's like prankster. He showed up in that Christmas story we read recently. Where oh, yeah. yeah. Where him and Soupead, who are apparently <laughs> friends... They just, like, destroy stuff together. In the mall. Prank, prank people. She has a cousin, Alice Lodge, who's from the West Coast, who Veronica's automatically worried that she's going to, you know, yeah. vie for Archie's affection. And apparently she does, and Archie's like, no thanks. And she's like, 
I tried and it didn't work. <laughs> and then like we were talking about pets last time and you were guessing does she have a poodle? <laughs> yes. Fifi the poodle. Who uh, apparently contains multitudes. Apparently there's like 15 of them or something. <laughs> there's a full-size doghouse in her room. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, you know, famously, Veronica is Hiram and Hermione's only daughter, only child. And so that, I think, factors in with her personality in the as she's portrayed in the comics and in, and in Riverdale, where she does get the full 100% attention from Hiram specifically, but from her parents. And she is... The next generation of Lodge Industries, and sometimes that plays into the factors as well. Yeah, it's really interesting when you see Hiram and Veronica butt heads to, like, what what her goals in life should be. Mm-hmm. and Or I think that's part of why he's like, why are you spending all this time with Archie? What is he going to do for you? Right. I always find it really interesting when stories play with that idea of Veronica's relationship to the business side. Yeah. Instead of just the money, but, like, her relationship to Lodge Industries, both in her opinions of it, but then also in, does she have any interest in in carrying it forward? Or is or is that something that's just completely outside of her interest? And it depends on who's telling the story, yeah. right? <laughs> so as we talked about last episode, Veronica's best friend is Betty. But they have a very interesting relationship in that it's... They they're rivals, but they're always best friends. Yeah, and we mentioned earlier how Veronica wants what Betty has. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, you know, it. I, I think that when they're put together in that situation, and obviously, this is the most explicit with Archie in the love triangle. But even just outside of that, I think that that it's always really interesting when you have a character who has it all, and when you have a character who has it all, what does she see in Betty that she wants? And I think that that can create a really interesting dynamic where there are things that Veronica wants out of life that can't be bought. And that informs a lot of her personality and some of her goals and and, uh, I think plays a really interesting dynamic in their friendship. And it's very interesting that in early Betty history, she wasn't really, she wasn't as confident, sure of herself. Mm -hmm. And Veronica, one of the things that she had, it's an interesting, you know, juxtaposition of not knowing what you have, your strengths, and someone wanting those, and and maybe not even being able to put to words like why they, th- why they want those things. Right, totally. And I love that, just like with Betty, she is unapologetically herself, and she is a unique character who is not completely defined. Uh, in the best of stories, she's not completely defined by her relationship with Betty or Archie. She's somebody, like like we've already talked about, she's somebody who has her own interests, her own goals in life, and they are not always the same as the rest of the gang. And I'll, I'll say it again. Betty and Veronica, Senior Year by Jamie Lee Rotante. Mm-hmm. A very good example of kind of seeing their own motivations for things they want to do and talks about what Veronica wants to do after leaving Riverdale, you know, and yeah. going to college. Let's talk a little bit about her relationship with Archie because it's it's wild depending on, on the story. Archiekins, Archiekins. I him. I love that she calls them Archiekins. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah, I mean she, <laughs> Archie definitely uh, fawns over her, and it's it's kind of the the image I have of Archie and Veronica is 
that always comes to mind first in my brain is is the image of them shopping and Archie's carrying all the bags. That's just what I that's the first image that I think of when I think of them two together. In Twelfths and Archie, Bart Beatty talks about the earlier comics and how it's really kind of a one-sided position of power that Veronica has. He talks about a story in Betty and Veronica 76 from April 1962 in which Veronica can literally literally control Archie with the movement of her finger. Like she moves him, <laughs> moves her finger, and he moves. And there's also a story where Veronica tracks, you know, tricks Archie into signing an agreement in which if any of the guys in town see Archie with another girl, they can mm-hmm. beat him up. <laughs> so oftentimes in the early days, it's Veronica has all the power in this situation. Yeah, Archie's just happy that she's paying any attention to him. Definitely. And I think that part of the reason why, at least at the beginning, again, depending on the story, part of the reason why Archie is so drawn to her is that she is... I mean, Archie is the, is the classic, like, hometown boy. And Veronica, I think, represents the outside world, everything that's out there. The possibility, the glamour, the travel, the fashion, um, the new and the forward-thinking. And so when she comes to the small town, and Riverdale, I think, is the archetypal small town, um, you know, how could you not be entranced by someone like Veronica coming into Riverdale? Because at the beginning of the relationship, Archie's not giving Betty the time of day yeah. you know, as far as, you know, being romantically interested. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really think you make a good point there. You know, she's something different than Riverdale. She's something new. And over time, we kind of see Riverdale influence her who yeah. she has is, is as a person how she changes I, I when riverdale plays a part of the story and you see the effect of the town on the characters i think some of the best archie stories you know pull that in like thinking of 1941 yes 100 percent, 100 percent. such a good book <laughs> and not to spend you know too much time on the love triangle because you know part of the reasons why we're doing these episodes is to not define these characters just by the love triangle, but you know Veronica and Betty represent different things that Archie wants out of life, and so it's very believable that a character like Archie wouldn't be able to choose because they are established as being very different and bringing different things to the table. And Betty really represents the side of Archie that's grounded and and who he's always been, and Veronica represents sort of the new and the possible. And I, I think that that's also kind of why Veronica's friendship with Betty, just, you know, uh, as girlfriends works so well, too, is that they're both finding each other. And we, we've talked about this already in the episode, but they find in each other things that they either want to be or that they aspire to be. And I think that all good friendships are based on that, where you want to be friends with somebody who not only do you get along with, but also you see things in them that, like, inspire you to be better. And to a point you were talking about a little bit earlier, this might be a hot take. I might this might be a scorching Uh-oh. hot take. But I would argue you actually, over the history of Archie, get more insight into who Betty and Veronica are as individuals outside of their romantic interest than you do Archie. Oh yeah. Like they can stand on their own and there's times they're not dating Archie and they're doing other things and they got things going on where Archie is so focused on <laughs> who is he gonna date. Which is a real world problem where people, ha- especially when you leave high school, yeah. if you were dating high school or college, 
where you're you have to find out what individually makes you happy outside of a relationship, right? right? Real life struggles. Got to find yourself. But I, yeah, I, do you think that's a hot take that Betty and Veronica are more well rounded in general? No, I think you're totally spot on. Finally, Brandon agrees with me. <laughs> <on something. laughs> there is there is one person though that we that we haven't talked about, and uh, this might this might spur some discussion. But that is spur it, spur it. It's 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 being spurred right now. Uh, Veronica and Jughead, their relationship is it varies depending on how depending on who's writing. Sometimes Jughead cannot stand Veronica, mm-hmm. and sometimes they work together on things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And honestly, it makes sense why, you know, we've covered Jughead before as a character spotlight episode. It makes perfect sense why a character like Jughead would be very skeptical and cynical about a very wealthy, uh, some might call vain person. Um, But I personally, I like stories where they're friends. (laughs) Me too. I do think, you know, Jughead loves a simple life and Veronica brings, complicates things sometimes. And he he just wants things to be as he went, he could live the same day over and over again and I'd be fine I think <laughs> yeah totally he is a man of simple pleasures so some other people who have a, who've had an effect on Veronica we talked about Cheryl Blossom and their rivalry sometimes friendship just depends she of course played in Rock Candy with Jola Kitt and Betty and we have Kevin Keller who debuted in Veronica two o two. Where at first when he comes to town, I think Jughead plays this mean joke, but I can't remember for sure. She's interested in Kevin uh-huh. and she can't figure out like why he's not interested. And I think Jughead knows that Kevin Keller is gay and like doesn't tell Veronica. Mm-hmm. Rude. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where he made his first appearance. And and I think afterwards, after they go through that initial meeting and, and confusion, they become good friends, which is... It's fun for them to bounce off each other. We also have to mention, guess how, Guess who else Veronica's dated? Reggie. Yeah, I guess we have to, I guess we have to talk about that. Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been um, a gas leak year, maybe. <laughs> a few of the defining characteristics of Veronica, as, as far as physicality goes, is she, she's really into fashion. Yes. She's always fashionable. There's plenty of jokes where she's like, I can't wear this thing again. <laughs> Or just, it's reflective of the modern fashion of the times. Yeah. You have your Dan DiCarlo's and your Harry Lucy's, who I think are really into, we talk about like pinup art, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. we're not getting total pinup girls necessarily in their fashion, but it's definitely of the time, like right. showing us modern things. Yeah. And, and you know, what I, you'll often see in, in digest reprints and things like that, you often see pinup pages where it's just here's veronica in a certain dress you know or it's like and and you know fashion like you're saying fashions of the 70s or fashions of the 60s and what she's wearing uh is usually part of the story (laughs) and it's and she usually looks i'm sorry not usually she always looks fantastic yeah and famously uh but you know betty being blonde she has black hair or oftentimes you know dark dark brunette but she uh, it's interesting. It's like it's it's like Betty's blonde, and then we got Veronica with black dark hair, and then Cheryl Blossom representing the redhead. <laughs> All the three hair colors. All just, the three hair kidding. colors. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's definitely no more hair colors. Speaking of her hair, she started out with that Betty Page bangs and the long mm-hmm. hair. And I was reading in Twelve Cent Archie about 
he theorizes that Harry Lucy just kind of decided to change her hair to modernize it in the 60s uh-huh. and felt like her Betty Page look was kind of outdated at that point. And apparently during that time period, in 1964, Archie 150, she gets a new hairstyle drawn by him mm. where it's shorter. She doesn't have the straight across bangs anymore, but it wasn't consistent across the books. Like that's how oh. it'd be in stuff he drew. But in other books, people would draw it the way her hair originally was. And then at some point, editorial got on board and was like, you're right. We need to modernize her hair. Totally. Yeah. Unlike Betty, does not often rock a ponytail. No, no. I don't know if I've ever seen her ponytail. (laughs) I I love her modern hair, but I do love the old Betty Page kind of hairstyle. I don't know what you call it. That's what I'm calling the Betty Betty Page. (laughs) What's that noise, Brandon? Oh, no. I think Pops has found us. Oh, no. He's coming down the stairs. Stomp. Stomp. P five O. That's my foley work right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brandon, last time we were talking about some recommendations. What do you think for Veronica? What would you su- uh, suggest for people? Well, I'm going to suggest one thing that I suggested for the Betty episode. I'm just going to resuggest it. I'm going to get double the use out of it, which is uh, the wonderful Adam Hughes miniseries Betty and Veronica, which I love. The art is so fantastic. So good. We, uh, we even have a book club episode about it, so you can read it and then <laughs> come back to the podcast. Um, but, you know, we, we covered a lot of crossovers recently, and I was a big fan of Red Sonia and Vampirella meet Betty and Veronica, which lasted, I think, 12 issues or so in two volumes. Big fan of that one. Um, a lot of great Betty and Veronica moments, but I'm going to up that one for this episode. And we, of course, both, we love, and I even have a Vampironica shirt. <laughs> Vampironica by Greg and Meg Smallwood. Oh, so good. It's it's, uh, it's so good. <laughs> and on that line, I really did enjoy the crossover Jughead the Hunger versus Vampironica. Which do you need some Jug the Head Jughead the Hunger knowledge? Sure, but I think you could just jump in too. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, you know, I have to say that if anybody wants to get us uh, some gifts. Uh, Josh and I have been eyeing that Vampironica statue for years. We'll take it. <laughs> Only 150 bucks or so, you know. And my last recommendation would be Betty and Veronica Vixens, which I still haven't read the whole thing, but you know what? Let's read it together. Let me know what you think. Yeah. I'll I'll do a book club with you. Forget Brandon. Oh. <laughs> this is how I, it starts. I immediately abandon you. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're more interesting than me? Uh, that can happen. Oh, okay. I, I appreciate the sentiment. You're interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to you if you weren't interesting. Okay, good, good, good. Well, we've covered Betty. We've covered Veronica. And now we're going to talk about who Archie chose 30 years ago in the famous uh, Love Showdown storyline, which, you know, the elevator pitch for Love uh, Showdown is Archie finally chooses. And so we'll be covering the 30th anniversary reissue of this uh, on the pod next week. And then we'll be finishing out the month talking about uh, some some bite-sized Archie. Bite-sized Archie, volume two. It's been a long time coming, and I'm excited to talk about that too. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media, Archie and Me Pod or Archie and Me Podcast. You can leave us a review, let your friends know, subscribe. Please help us out. Yeah, and, and tag us on social media and tell us your favorite Betty and Veronica stories because we want more suggestions of stuff to read. We, me and Brandon were sitting here, we're talking about what stories we read in the future, and there's just so much fun stuff we, mm-hmm. we get to cover, and so much stuff we learn about. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. 
Thank you.